Welcome to Women of Marvel. I'm Judy Stevens. I'm Ellie Pyle. And I'm Angelique Rocher. Today, we are going to continue to look at the superpower of mentorships. We're going to talk about one of the most iconic relationships in the Marvel Universe, Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel. Otherwise known as Carol Danvers and Kamala Khan. For those who may not know, Kamala made her first comic book appearance back in 2013 in Captain Marvel number 14, and then starred in her very own series the following year. And the thing to know about Kamala is that she really is a huge superhero nerd. She collects merch, she writes fanfic, she cosplays, and her favorite superhero, of course, is Captain Marvel, who was formerly known as Miss Marvel. And in fact, Kamala idolizes Carol so much, she took on the Miss Marvel title when becoming a superhero in her own right. So today I'm going to introduce you to three women who know so much about Carol and Kamala. Writer Kelly Thompson, Miss Marvel co-creator Sana Amanik, oh my god, she's back, and writer Samira Ahmed. Now, Kelly is an Eisner award-winning writer of comics like Black Widow, Captain Marvel, Jessica Jones, and Hawkeye, plus the novel Story Killer and The Girl Who Would Be King. Let's not forget. Jeff the Landshark, who Kelly is a co-creator of, and uh, Jeff is currently back in a new Infinity series scrolling on Marvel Unlimited. You should check it out. It's super fun. You get to see Jeff in Halloween costumes. Last year's Thanksgiving issue was one of my favorites. Check it out now. I always love talking to Kelly, and looking back... During the 2015 Secret Wars storyline, she co-wrote her very first Marvel comic, a four-issue tie-in series titled Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps with Kelly Sudeikotic. And then in October 2018, it was announced she would write the new Captain Marvel series. So she's really the perfect person to tell us so much about the mentor, Carol Danvers. Well, first of all, Kelly, I'm so happy to have you back on the podcast. I've missed you. Thanks for having me. Today, we're going to get into the mentorship of two of, I think, are some of our most iconic female characters in the Marvel Universe. Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, and Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. And of course, Kelly, you bring your massive uh, experience of writing Carol uh, along with Miss Marvel. Yeah, I did get to write Kamala a couple times. Um, one, most people probably don't even know about, I did an animation, a short animation. Oh, yeah. You mean the Marvel Rising Ultimate Comic Animated Short with Miss Marvel and Loki. Right. Uh, but I had an incredible time writing that. And I was always looking for places to bring her into Captain Marvel. But one of the things I think that's so great about how G. Willow Wilson and Sana, part of how they developed Kamala and made Carol such an important figure for her. But then after that initial thing, you can still feel Carol's influence on Kamala, like through her stories, through everything. But I think she never was held back by that. She never felt like a sidekick. She never felt like a young character who wasn't charting her own path. I want to go back to sort of, not the beginning, but like, I'd love to hear who you think 
are Carol's mentors within the Marvel Universe? Do you like who are the people that she may have looked up to as she came into her own, um, maybe even look to now? That's an interesting question because it's hard with Carol. I think she has some people in her own personal life with like her military career, like the stuff that Kelly Sue DeConnick was doing. Helen was sort of like an older mentor for her in the military. That stuff is great. Those relationships are great. And you can really see sort of the forming of Carol in some of those stories. It's a little like, you know, not what a 2022 reader would expect for Carol Danvers, but there's a lot of really good stuff in there. There's a lot of good emotional relationship stuff and, and all the stuff with Marvell and how all of that it comes in. I think he's her sort of number one. I think Tony, I think Carol would never admit to Tony. Oh my God, there's no way she would admit to looking up to Tony Stark as a mentor. I mean, because, and they're sort of on an equal footing, so it's a little less mentory, but though Tony and Carol share a lot of the same weaknesses, he still has a lot of strengths she doesn't have. And so I think sometimes when you're looking for a mentor, you're just looking for someone to help, you know, not that they necessarily have to be older than you or better at all these things, but someone who's more well-rounded and you're looking to more well-round yourself. I think Captain America is a mentor and an icon and a symbol for so many people. And I think when you're close to him, the way some of the Avengers are, like Carol, I think that's got to be times 10, right? I mean, can you imagine being in the presence of Captain America? Like, he's a symbol that we all sort of look up to. And I think... I've been playing a little bit pretty subtly with her reverence towards Cap, um, her reverence towards Steve. And I've really loved those moments. I've had her reference Steve a few times about trying to be more like him and that she aims for it, but she also knows she's not him and she'll never be him. And maybe that's okay too. You know, Kelly Sue DeConnick has the greatest quote ever related to Carol Danvers and Steve, which is Steve gets up because it's the right thing to do. And Carol gets up because fuck you. And I think some people that don't relate to that are not women. <laughs> I mean, it's so powerful, right? Like, it's the reason why I love Carol is because she yeah. she gets back up like she it's just the way of the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would love to sort of go kind of back to like, I guess, their origin stories and see how they like connect. But both Carol and Kamala get their powers later in life. Um, obviously, Kamala is a teenager and Carol is an adult. But like, what do you think of like the lessons Carol learned as she sort of came into her powers, learned her powers to what what do you think that those are the lessons she taught Kamala or that Kamala learned along the way? Because obviously in the first issue of, of where Kamala becomes Miss Marvel, she is Captain Marvel. It's just an iconic moment. So clearly in a way, yeah. you know, Kamala is learning about powers through Carol. Yeah. I think it's very clearly defined in the Ms. Marvel run. I think it's less clearly defined in the Captain Marvel run. On the Carol side of it, it's not as focused, I think, which makes sense because it's even though she's a very important part of Kamala's origin, Kamala's origin is her own and Carol is just a guest star, right? So it makes sense that it's not addressed in the same way in Carol's book. Carol is the mightiest Avenger, right? Like that's the thing they sometimes call her. I think 
if you're someone who wants to do good and who loves superheroes to the point that you write fanfic about them and stuff, Carol is a bright, shining star. And while I don't think it's completely my lane as a white woman, I suspect also, you know, listen, being white and beautiful and blonde in America, that's the ticket, right? It's It opens a lot of doors. And for someone like Kamala, growing up in New Jersey, not New York, growing up, you know, Pakistani, being a kid, being sort of awkward, you know, dealing with issues with your religion and, you know, having this great community, but also seeing uh, this bright shining star that you perceive everyone loves. Like, it's very easy to project onto that your things that you want, which is why in those, or part of why in those early issues, we see her literally transform into her, you know, it's that wish fulfillment. But the great thing about how Willow and and Sana did that is that it's the elephant in the room. And so you address it right away. You literally have Kamala change into her. And then you have through that story, Kamala realizing her own self is also beautiful and important and who she is, as opposed to trying to pretend to be someone else. And I do think that, you know, once Carol sort of enters the picture as more than a wish fulfillment idea for Kamala once once Kamala's powers are there and 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 Carol enters the picture it becomes very different because then Carol is no longer an icon that she's viewing from a distance she's a real human person that you know is filled with flaws and that Kamala doesn't always agree with and everything and one of the things they did that was really smart pretty early in Ms. Marvel's run she got drawn into the civil war stuff and did not agree with carol on some of that or civil war ii rather i should say and they did not agree and they like came down to it and i think that was a great moment for the character to show you can have a hero and that doesn't mean that hero is infallible and it doesn't mean you're always in agree with them and the importance of going your own way and i think many of us including me would say carol was pretty wrong in civil war ii at least some of her behaviors i think she had good intentions the way carol always does you know i but when it comes to for people who don't know the the gist of civil war ii was like a character with precognitive powers who's sort of telling you what's going to happen and then Carol and other heroes and the United States government to a degree, like then wanting to use that to sort of save the world. Like, Oh, we know this is going to happen. So let's prevent it. But I think anyone with a brain can tell this is a flawed, right? Like how can you verify things that haven't happened? Like it's a flawed system. It's, you know, it's been in science fiction, this kind of predictive stuff a lot. And so I think in the end, Carol's sort of on the wrong side, but with the best of intentions. But I think it was fantastic that Marvel and Willow and all those people in charge could see that that wouldn't be the path Kamala would follow. And they let them have that break. And I think it was incredibly good for both characters because it kept Kamala from ever feeling like a Captain Marvel knockoff. She's always been her own person. And there's a way, and they showed us how to do it, that you can be so inspired by a hero as to adopt their icon as your own and take their name, but you can still make your own way. You can still write your own path. And I, that's one of my favorite things about that mentorship and that pairing, how that all worked out. Yeah. I mean, I think the idea of coming into your own, you know, obviously in this scenario, 
Miss Akmala is younger than Carol, although that's not always necessary in a mentorship experience. But like the fact that like Carol sets Kamala up to sort of make her own decisions. Totally. I was sort of approaching it from the Kamala angle, but you're right that, I mean, I don't take credit for this because it was happening before I got there, but I do think that Kelly Sue and Margaret and um, the, the team that was on when she, I'm sorry, there were a couple, there were a bunch of different writers and they switched, but Butters and people like that who did it when she was doing the Alpha Flight stuff in space, I think they all handled it really well where they let Carol step back and and let her trust Kamala you know not that they didn't ever have those conversations or have tension about that stuff and I think the times that they do it's handled really well but yeah Carol didn't micromanage her she didn't try to turn her into her sidekick she let her go off and do good and be a hero because she could see clearly what is in this girl you know but they are very different people yeah. You mentioned what you thought one of the great things about their relationship is that they don't always have to be together. Mm-hmm. That obviously there are moments where they appear in each other's comics and, you know, obviously in the events together and stuff like that. But she knows that Carol's there if she needs them. But also there's an instance in the comics where Carol comes to Kamala and asks for her help. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is an incredible scene. I mean, this idea of mentor becoming the mentee, sort of like switching places for a minute. She's come to her a couple times. I think the most recent one was the Jamie McKelvey one, which I thought was really great. Carol does not often make herself vulnerable to other people. Certainly, she wouldn't deliberately make herself vulnerable on the regular to someone like Kamala, who she sees as someone she's trying to guide and help. I think Carol sees it a certain way and tries to not put that expectation on Kamala. But I love that the couple times when she has lowered that guard and gone to her for help, Kamala has more than delivered and not just what Carol wants to hear. Like she speaks truth to power. Like Kamala is not afraid of that. You know, you and I have talked about the people that have supported us along the way who are like the people that have sort of helped shape your way? I think um, Kelly Sue DeConnick is really the big one for with a bullet for me. And she's someone that very literally like sent a couple emails on my behalf when I was trying to break in. And she, I, don't, I still don't know to this day, I've never asked Sana or Kelly Sue how it happened. But, you know, my first book at Marvel was a co-write with her on Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps. So she was very legitimately an actual mentor that like made some effort on my behalf. In addition to, I was very like wowed by her work. I loved what she was doing. I was an admirer of her work and then she literally helped me. So I don't know how much more mentory you get than that. And I think Sana, Sana was a wonderful champion for me. I mean, I don't think I'm the writer I am today without her being my first editor at Marvel and her sort of mentorship. Kelly, this has been incredible. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Judy. It was so great to see you and talk to you. That was a pretty amazing conversation. Kelly had so many thoughtful things to say about Carol. I particularly loved hearing about all of the people who have inspired Carol and that she looks up to because mentorship is always a two-way street. So it's great knowing that Carol also has heroes like that in her life. And she does. And so does Kamala Khan. Next up, 
I am so very excited to welcome back to Women of Marvel, Sana Amanet. Sana is the co-creator of Miss Marvel and, of course, the very co-creator of this podcast. Um, she and I worked together uh, and did many interviews together, and it's such an incredible experience to be able to welcome her back and interview her. Sana is currently an executive of production and development at Marvel Studios, where she served as executive producer of the highly acclaimed Marvel Studios, Miss Marvel, and all episodes are now streaming on Disney+. Plus. First of all, I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast. You're one of the OGs, Sana. Woo woo, OGs, woo, woo, back woo. in the house. Back in the house. And of course, we're talking about an iconic character, the Mother Khan. Yeah. This season, we're talking all about mentorship. So this season is all about sort of like how does mentors within our comics, so who, how our characters connect in mentorship. So like this episode is all about Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel being a mentor to Kamala. I'd love to sort of hear from you a little bit about like, why did you build into her storyline that she needed a mentor? It's not just Carol, right? She has the mentors in her friends and family too. Yeah. I mean, first of all, Great to be back. I didn't say that. Really awesome to be back. It's like my first podcast, Women of Marvel podcast, I think in like two years at least. Woo-hoo. So great to be home. You know, obviously, you know, Kamala and Carol have been a big part of like the beginning of this podcast. And when we were figuring out the storyline, we were trying to think of a young brown girl and what kinds of figures in her life that were inspiring. And when you're a young minority, and of course we've talked about this so many times, but when you're a young minority and you have so many examples of people who you love and you want to be like, and they just don't look like you, what does that say about your sense of self? And I think putting Kamala, it was really fun that Willow, G. Willow Wilson, who's the the writer and and co-creator of the series, what Willow really did such a wonderful job with was kind of trying to find that balance of putting Kamala in a world where the celebrities are superheroes and, you know, it's Tony Stark and Steve Rogers and, of course, Carol Danvers. And at the same time, understanding the the messaging that we would be saying by having Carol Danvers be Kamala's hero, right? Like, she's a blonde, white, blue-eyed woman and this young brown girl effectively worships her. So we went back and forth a lot about that. And we decided it was important to tell that story because that's the reality of who are the heroes that we're creating for our next generation. And are we making sure that these heroes are representative of who these young people are? I think that was a, a very thoughtful choice on our parts. And, you know, we went back and forth on, you know, how much to lean into it and when Kamala can start telling her own kind of story. But that was incredibly important. And Carol Danvers, on the other end, is someone who has such a long history at Marvel, in Marvel, and she is one of the most powerful women and also has been misunderstood and objectified and has a very kind of, you know, confusing backstory that Kelly Sue DeConnick and Steve Wacker and myself, we all kind of, we tried to to bring to the forefront and and reimagine in a positive way, right? After she had been around for 30, 40 years at that point. So 
all of these things were really incredibly important. We thought the confluence of those ideas and bringing those characters together would be really interesting. And I want to tie into also like her friends and her family are really her support. And obviously, I think that's a reflection of your own experiences and Willow's experiences. Mentors don't just need to be like an older person in your life, you know? Yeah, and I think that's really wonderful and important. I mean, Willow did such a wonderful job of 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 creating these characters, this cast of characters that were very real and relatable and felt like my family members or anyone's family members and friends who were funny and also supportive and just constantly loving and they weren't mean to each other. Everyone just really liked each other. And sure, we'd poke fun of one another, but you know, I have a really big family and I love them and I have a lot of cousins and I have, you know, older siblings and my parents were incredibly important. And so we wanted to to tell that story of not necessarily often, especially in Muslim families and in Muslim storylines, they tend to tell stories about families who are excessively strict and conservative and conservative to a negative degree versus conservative with a, a distinct POV, right? Which I think what, you know, Kamala's parents are. Yeah, they're conservative, but they're coming from a certain place. And let's talk about what place they're coming from, right? You know, coming to a new land and being protective of their children and all of the different spheres that come with that. Um, and so having a family that was supportive, but maybe just didn't quite understand her was incredibly important to us. And the fact that she could ultimately look up to them as people that she admired. Her family is such a big support system and her friends are just amazing sidekicks in their own right. Yeah, and I think the last page of the first issue is her as Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel, but then she learns to discover her own powers. She learns to discover her own thing. But like, can you talk a little bit about like, what was it like working with Willow as she sort of wrote Kamala into this storyline of her discovering her own, you know, superhero-ness? Yeah, the first conversation Willow and I had about you know, the, at the end of the first issue, Kamala gets powers and she goes into this cocoon, she pops out and suddenly she looks exactly like Carol Danvers. Um, and there's a whole dream sequence that happens in the course of that, which I love this dream sequence. It's so trippy and weird. And Adrian Alfona, as always, like just drew the crap out of it. It was just so good. She confronts her heroes in this moment who are Steve Rogers, Tony Stark, and of course, Carol Danvers. And has this conversation and Carol's asking her, well, who do you want to be? Like, if you can get it, you know, you're going to get everything that you want. You know, what do you want to be? And she's like, well, I, you know, effectively, it's like, I want to be you, right? And Carol's like, okay, careful what you wish for. And she kind of, the idea being that she transforms into looking like Carol was something at the very end of the issue one was something we really were mindful of. And I remember Willow and I just talking it was one of two times Willow and I have disagreed on the project, which is really funny because we always, it was so simpatico and it was such a lovely creative collaboration. And not to say she, I think at first she wanted to do it and then she started getting a little bit nervous about what it would mean about this brown girl transforming into Carol Danvers and what the messaging would be. And my point of view was like, that's the point. The point is her journey has just begun, right? Like she's not going to be a superhero, a fully formed superhero from the jump. She thinks and the the way for her to be powerful is to look like this other person. And she's internalized that and her subconscious has come forward and is saying, yes, oh, I'm going to get everything I want. Everything I want is to be this, you know, five foot nine, beautiful, strong, blonde haired, uh, blue eyed woman. And that's effectively what happens and kind of leaning into that. And we said it, we did it. And then I think by issue two, we started pulling away from it fairly quickly because Willow was pretty adamant. Like, we don't want to tell that story the whole time, right? 
Um, I think by issue four or so, she realized she couldn't be her full self if she kept transforming into Carol Danvers. And then once she got hurt, she couldn't heal herself if she wasn't, you know, and again, that was intentional. Like, of course, you can't heal yourself if you're looking like someone else. She's not fully herself. And what do you think it matters to Kamala over the years to have someone like Carol that can mentor her and sort of show her the ropes over the years of being a hero? Yeah, I mean, you know, what's really interesting is that we didn't have them connect until I think like way deep in in our run. And by the end of it, I do think Carol took something from Kamala as well. The fact that she is this young person who is fighting to do good and who is like, oh, by the way, I borrowed your name. And, you know, Carol's discovering that for the first time, which I thought was really funny. And I think that dynamic really was, you know, at that point, I feel like Kamala had kind of come into her own. And so in a really weird way, I don't know if Carol was necessarily there mentoring her on a day-to-day. I think ultimately she did. I think down the line, she started to have that dynamic. But for the most part, you know, Kamala kind of came into her own and she actually had this big support system outside of Carol. And Carol became this image. And by the time she met her, she had sort of determined a lot of what kind of superhero she wanted to be by then. Now that sort of Kamala has sort of discovered her own, do you think that she sees herself as a mentor now? Oh, I mean, that's a good question. I think it's happening. And there was a really fun run with her and Moon Girl where suddenly she realized Moon Girl was fangirling over her, which is kind of cute. I don't know if Kamala necessarily will see herself that way, but I do believe if she's put in that position, she will rise to the occasion, um, which I think is 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 quite wonderful. It's funny, I'm seeing that happen a lot with Iman Vellani, who plays Kamala Khan, and I'm seeing that happen with her, where she was so young and so bright-eyed and, and discovering this whole world and being so new at acting and being such a fan of Marvel and now being on the other side of the show. And she has such a great career to go and is going to be doing such amazing things, you know, in the next, I would say 10, 20 years, she's got a a beautiful career ahead of her at the same time. Now seeing how she is, you know, whether it's her doing press or her meeting fans for the first time and how now people are writing her fan letters and, are saying, oh my God, I love you. And where would you be able to read my, you know, fan fiction I made or here's a <laughs> drawing I made for you? And I'm like, that was her. That was her four years ago, right? So it's kind of wild how that happens. I don't think she sees herself necessarily that way, but I'm seeing her step to the mantle of that and understand the responsibilities that come with that. And she's quite young and it's, it's really lovely to, um, to see how she's grown in that way. You know, I, I, I do think her and Iman's life and Kamala's arc are quite similar, which is really wild, um, to me. So I think it just speaks to character and it speaks to how you've been influenced and who you've been influenced by. And that's true in, in Kamala's case is that she's, I think I do think she's going to be the next, you know, big superhero of our of the next generation, I think. I hope, at least. And I've been saying for years, as you know, she's the brown Spider-Man. So I'd love to sort of talk a little bit about your experiences with mentors. You know, have there been specific people in your life that have helped and supported you as you sort of figured out what direction you wanted to go? Yes, of course. <laughs> I've talked about my mentors a lot. I mean, you know, it's been 
getting into this industry is 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 hard and or was hard and i mean and continues to be and it's comics it's entertainment and i remember coming in and i did have the right people of course you know my first big mentor was mackenzie cadenhead which i talk about all the time who i love and now we're such great friends and i remember meeting her when we worked at virgin comics for the first time and thinking oh automatically feeling more comfortable with her, frankly, because she was just another woman professional. And, you know, it, I just I just felt a comfort at that. And us getting closer over over the course of us working together and her really going out of her way, encouraging me. And I didn't know if I was doing the work correctly, if I was good at it. And she would always constantly give me positive affirmations. Really, she would even redline my notes that I would send to writers. She would tell me how to do that, which was such a useful thing for me. I loved being educated that way. So I feel like she really trained me and gave me guidance and talked about story in a way that was really exciting and dynamic. And when I went to um, Marvel eventually, and Mackenzie's a big reason as to why I went to Marvel, um, I had uh, Mark Panicha and, of course, Dan Buckley and Stephen Wacker were big mentors of mine. Joe Casado was always there in the background if I needed anything and was just one of the first people who really encouraged me coming to Marvel. So I feel like I had this wonderful community of people who really wanted to see me succeed, just hearing Dan Buckley saying, there's a space and we're carving it out for you and we need you and we need your voice was really helpful. And I'd love to turn the question that I asked you about Kamala onto you. Do you see yourself as a mentor now? I don't know if I necessarily see myself as a mentor, but I do realize the responsibility. You know, I, I've looked back at my career and think, this is weird. How did this happen? You know, I'm sitting here in Los Angeles and, you know, and now I'm an executive at Marvel Studios. And as much as I've been at Marvel for such a long time and as much as I've known this world for such a long time. It's still crazy to go from saying I'm a comic book editor to a Marvel Studios producer. So I do realize that it does come with a certain type of responsibility. And I'm in a couple of programs. Internally, there's a couple of people that I try to work with. And then externally, I'm in the Pillars Foundation that is bringing up young Muslim filmmakers. And I'm on the 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 board of that and I'm consulting as much as I can. So there's definitely spaces where I feel like it's incredibly important. I mean, right now, I do think bringing up distinct voices and, and people of color and certainly Muslims um, and South Asians is incredibly important to me personally, of course, because I think the, the space has changed and there's there is talent out there and we just have to be able to cultivate it. Now it's, you know, it's been almost a decade since you created Kamala and she is in her own right, a mentor in the real world. I mean, what does that mean to you? I mean, I think it's really beautiful. I never imagined in my wildest dreams and I probably will never be able to comprehend who she's become. Like I am, um, so I just moved into a uh, new apartment in LA and I have one room where I have all of my Marvel stuff. I'm just looking at all these things over the years and like the first Miss Marvel comics and then the first posters um, and just that evolution and some of the talks that I've given and, you know, going back to like Willow and Steven and Adrian and myself and, you know, thinking about this character and, you know, putting it out in the world and being like, oh, let's see what happens. And then now seeing how much it's transformed and how many lives it's, she's touched 
there is an, an amazement to that. And I still don't think I have wrapped my head around that entire experience. I truly have not. I think it's all full circle of this podcast, of this theme of mentorship, of the characters that we help tell their stories and, you know, and then from there go on to give them life and legs to tell the story. But yeah. Fama. Oh my God. I'm so happy to have you back on the podcast. I'm so happy to be here. I missed you all. It's so great to have Sana back on the show. I know. I mean, Sana is such a huge part of the story of Women of Marvel, a story of all of our careers here at Women of Marvel. And just to see her be so successful and bring Kamala to the big screen is just amazing to see it all come together. Yeah, absolutely. I was so lucky that I got to, I was sharing an office with Sana and Steve around the time that they were first creating the idea for Miss Marvel. And um, it's so amazing to see where Kamala and Sana have both gone since then. The first episode um, that we recorded, not the first episode that was published of Marvel's Voices, was my interview with Sana, right? And before that, like, my voice test was with the the person who worked closest with Sana at the time, which was Ashley Irving. And so it's just from day one, from first moment here, you know, Sana has been right there and has always been so giving and so creative. And her career is so, like, ridiculously fun to follow, even, like, the beginning of her getting into comics, even before she was at Marvel, and, and her love for what she does and her love for family and her love in New Jersey. Absolutely. And she really did carve her own path in a lot of ways. She's an incredible woman. I cannot wait to see what she does next. So now we're going to hear from writer Samira Ahmed. So Samira is the best-selling author of Love, Hate, and Other Filters, Internment, Mad, Bad, and Dangerous to Know, among many other books, poetry, essays, and short stories. And in Samira's Miss Marvel miniseries, the power of mentorship really is this main theme. And while Captain Marvel doesn't make an appearance, there are plenty of other strong women and men to rally around Miss Marvel. Well, Samira, welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast. Thank you so much, Judy. I'm so excited to be here. I know we're excited to have you. We've, uh, you know, obviously. Uh, the OG, one of the co-creators of this podcast is Sana, and you sort of fall in line of her and Willow as the next writer for Kamala. I mean, those are very, very big shoes to fill, but they they created an incredible path for me to walk on. So I'm so grateful to them. And they kind of changed my life in a small way, maybe a big way. What's your history with Kamala? Well, like many, 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 many readers, I saw the very first cover of Willow's run of Ms. Marvel and was blown away. I mean, I, of course, had heard prior to that, okay, there's going to be a Desi Muslim superhero. <laughs> and that first cover, for people who don't remember, it's – you don't even see Kamala's face. It's just her and she has like – it's sort of like the bottom part of her face and she's holding these books and she has this scarf on. But there was – it was just so iconic, and I love how it captured that this was going to be a teen hero who had sort of a life beyond her superhero-ness, but also, you know, just opening the very first pages of that and seeing 
Kamala and her friends. And there's like, oh my gosh, wait, there's a hijabi in this. And um, Kamala is having the same conversations with her parents that I did when I was in high school. Like, I want to go to this party. And no, you're not allowed to go to this party. There's going to be like, there's going to be drugs and there's going to be alcohol. And um, that whole thing. And then her being miffed and sneaking out. And if my parents are listening, not saying that I did ever sneak out, but um, it was just so relatable. And, you know, th- so much of that first part of that comic isn't even really about her being a superhero, but it's about her being a girl like all the other girls. And then, you know, then we have her becoming the hero and also being like, wait, what the heck is happening to me? And then shape-shifting into her hero and idol, uh, Captain Marvel, or actually kind of a earlier version. So I just loved how that just throws everything askew. And I don't know, it was really that first comic I just fell in love with, with Miss Marvel. I mean, she's, and you've talked about this before about how she's very similar to like the Peter Parker Spider-Man story. I mean, many people talk about how like you first discover that she's a teenager, right? She's a, she's a, Although she may not necessarily look like the rest of the heroes in the Marvel Universe, she is very standard and American. She lives on the New York City border in New Jersey. She's sort of like this typical teenager, which is so interesting. And then, like, she becomes a hero or she learns to become a hero. Absolutely. I mean, I think I do talk a lot about how I I think of Kamala as sort of like this generation's, you know, Peter Parker. I always like to say that she is an ordinary girl with an extraordinary job. Because I come to comics from being a novelist, and I am just really big on this idea of, you know, young people who are just everyday kids, you know, they're doing their homework, they're fighting with their parents, they're getting crushes, they have friends who, uh, you know, sometimes they have frenemies who become friends, like Kamala does. Sometimes they have friends who, you know, will set them straight, which I also love about Kamala's friend group. And then they're faced with, an extraordinary situation. And in Kamala's case, it's becoming a hero. I just feel like everyone can relate to her. And, you know, I I always like to say that you, you don't need to read stories or comics that are about people who look exactly like you. You know, when I was a kid, I, I loved reading Lord of the Rings and I'm not a hobbit. So <laughs> um, I am, a, I, I think one of the, one of the cool things that comics can do is, you know, open new worlds to to you. And I think that's one of the powers of of Miss Marvel is that she helps us see things in a slightly different way than we have in the world of superheroes, but also in such a relatable way, as you say, you know, just a teenager living her life with a secret identity. You know, obviously previous to this, you hadn't written a comic, you know, obviously you're known for your your YA novels, but what was it like Coming on board, you know, a first, you know, first being asked to write the next series of Miss Marvel, but then also to, you know, come on and write a comic and and continue the story of Kamala. <laughs> it, it was pretty much like a you know a bucket list dream come true type situation when I was asked to write Miss Marvel because during Willow's run, I remember saying to my agent, "Gosh, I wonder if she ever stops if." I could get a chance to write Miss Marvel. And then it came true. And that was really because of, of my novels, because some of the editors at Marvel had read them. They're like, oh, you do teenagery voice. And <laughs> so I really just, you know, I kind of, it was like one of those jaw drop moments, like, 
I'm pinching myself. Is this really happening? Just being asked to write that was amazing. But then also I did feel, I'm going to say weight, but I don't necessarily mean it in a negative way. I mean, I, I felt like Kamala has so many fans and so many people who love her. But there's also, you know, anytime you're writing a character that is maybe the first, right? The first Muslim superhero. There is a, I mean, I had a strong desire to, you know, really get it right, to represent her culturally and religiously in the same way that Willow had in introducing her, you know, to a a bigger audience. Look, no single character can represent an entire identity. But I just wanted to do right by Kamala. I wanted to do right by her fans. And I wanted to do right by this incredible story that Sana and Willow had created. Let's talk a little bit about mentorship. And you write her friends in Beyond the Limit so well as these sort of like, they come together. This Kamala's support system is incredible. That's one of the things I love most about her. And in some ways, you know, it makes her slightly different than some of our our heroes because she has her friend group, supports her, knows who she is. And honestly, I feel like she wouldn't be the hero she is without them. In this case, you know, we have, I created this character of Kareen who kind of smashes, breaks through into Kamala's world coming from a totally different world. But Kamala is like, I don't know, who's this new person? She's like, here, I, you know, this feels a little sus to her. But her friends step up and say, like, look, Kareen has lost everything. We're the only people around. And this is part of being a hero, too, is taking someone under your wing, helping someone out who maybe has no other outlet to, to get help and who clearly, clearly needs it. It's interesting because Nakia also points out to her that it's part of being a hero. It's part of sort of her hero duties, but it's also, it touches into her sort of religious obligations too, is being a good Muslim is about helping other people. And, you know, you can't separate that from Kamala's heroism because her culture and her religion is really tied into it. Um, And her friends are there. They're not just there as, you know, reminders and they're not just yes people. And I wanted to be very clear about that because Kamala is not perfect. She's just a teenager. She makes mistakes. She, and ideally, if you have good friends, they will be there to gently nudge you sometimes when you need a nudge and say, "Mm, let's think about this again. Or, hmm, really? I'm not, I'm not so sure. And I think that's actually speaks to the power of their friendship because even though Kamala is the one with powers, you know, as the real superhero. Her friends are there to, to sort of like help guide her, I guess, in her superhero-ness, in her, on her superhero path. And I just think that's really important because they have a view of things that's different than what Kamala has. You know, they, they don't see the world through her eyes. They see it through their eyes. And that, to me, is just a big positive. At the same time, she does also have these incredible mentors that are heroes themselves, uh, you know, we talked to Kelly Thompson about Captain Marvel and Kamala, obviously an incredible mentorship there. But now we have Nadia Van Dyne joining um, and helps, you know, Kamala in this like great fight scene. I mean, I love first of all, I love Nadia. To me, she's absolutely hilarious and so smart. And I just love her her creative quirkiness and her curiosity. And um, I wanted her to return because she and Kamala have a relationship from before when she was sort of first 
getting acclimated, I guess, to the United States and to her powers. And Kamala, she and Kamala were like having like Pakistani donuts and <laughs> hanging out. And they sort of had that, you know, fight scene um, in Unstoppable Wasp. And I just loved bringing, you know, bringing Nadia back because what I love about that relationship is they're, it's sort of like a merger of equals kind of, but they both can mentor each other in different ways. Like Kamala was there early for, for Nadia. And now Nadia is like, let me show you how I can help you. And because you're in kind of a sticky situation, you know, sometimes literally. At the end of the series, you wrote this really heartwarming letter to to Sana and G. Willow. And like, I mean, can you talk a little bit about what made you want to write that? Well, I asked my editors, I was like, well, at the end of the series, can I just have like a little author note, <laughs> because look, this series, you know, meant a lot to me. And and Sana and Willow gave me something and gave all of us something really that, I mean, you know, I said this earlier, it, it really changed my life. And it's not really an exaggeration to say that because when I was a kid, I never got to see myself as a hero in that way. And now they created a character that lets so many, many, many more kids see themselves as a hero on the page, see, allows them to see just a, even a small part of their, you know, culture or religion, or even just, you know, their New Jersey <laughs> um, experience. And it is just very, very powerful to be able to see a little bit of yourself reflected on the page and as a hero. And that's something that Sana and Willow gave to all of us. I got to walk on a path that, you know, Sana and Willow forged for me. And now I want to make sure that I am leaving a path that others can follow and that they can build on. So I just think it's important for a mentor to be able to open that door, reach that hand out. And, you know, this is going to sound a little cheesy, but love is part of it. And I, I don't necessarily mean like romantic love. I mean, just love of this young person that you're mentoring or Large, more largely of, of humanity or me as like a Gen Xer being able to give whatever wisdom I might have and also have empathy for, you know, like for Gen Z, who I am always, who Kamala is and who I'm always, always inspired by. I just think that's, that's so important. And that's how you build an inclusive community and an inclusive world um, in comics and outside of comics. You're here. You know, mentors can come in all forms. From those we idolize to our friends and peers. Totally. And Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel have definitely harnessed that superpower of mentorship and continue to pass on what they've learned. All right. So, Trudy, you're back next week with another iconic mentor team. Tell us about it. Yes. So next week, we're going to take a look at the relationship between X-Men's Storm and Kate Pride, formerly known as Kitty. Their mentorship began in the halls of Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters, and I cannot wait to tell you all about it. Until then, Women of Marvel is produced by Isabel Robertson, Cara McGurk-Allison, Ellie Pyle, Judy Stevens, and Angelique Rocher. Our Senior Manager of Audio Development is Brad Barton. Our Director of Production Management is Lisa Rosen. Our Production Manager is Emily Godfrey. And our Executive Producer is Jill Duboff. Listen weekly on SiriusXM and on Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next week. 
This is Marvel, your universe.